Welcome to Happy House Families Podcast with your hosts, Morgan and Sandy. We are here to be an easy resource for families on the go and who aspire to create more joy within their families. Morgan is a special education teacher with a master's in education. Sandy is a consultant who also has her master's in education and has worked with families for over 20 years. Both of your hosts have a vast experience working with neurotypical and neurodiverse children. Welcome to the show. Hi, welcome to Happy House Families. This is Sandy. And this is Morgan. And today we're going to talk about resiliency. Yes, this is a big issue with kids today. And so we want to give you some useful tips on how to build resiliency with your child. And this is something that Morgan and I are also working on. Yes, exactly. I think it's a lifetime... Uh, something that you work on for the rest of your life, right? That's true. And sometimes it's harder than other times, at least for me. Yeah. So, you know. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So the first thing that we want to talk about is not accommodating every need for your child. Let them problem solve. If you solve everything for them, then they don't learn the skills as to how to be a self-advocate and for them to problem solve when they're not with you. And the goal is to have your child to be as independent when they're with you and when they're not with you. Yes, Um, as a teacher I see a lot if a child has, their parent accommodates a lot for them, they shut down more easily as opposed to someone that lets their kid kind of be a little bit more independent and things of that nature. And it's basically allowing your child to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's a skill that, you know, I think we all need, I definitely, have challenges with that sometimes. So. And because it's hard to see our kid be uncomfortable and you, you know, you want them to be happy at all times, but you also need them to learn to be strong. Exactly. And then obviously, um, make sure that the situations you're letting them problem solve on their own are developmentally appropriate for them and age appropriate for them. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're having some type of problem, like where they're being physically bullied at school, then obviously step in and intervene yes. at that time. Um, but for other issues that are smaller and not as drastic or dramatic, mm-hmm. then definitely let them problem solve on their own. Yes, I agree with that. Um, and then what you also need to do is teach them how to problem solve. So not just let them problem solve, but explicitly teach them how to do that. So if they're having a problem with a kid at school, how do they? How can they problem solve this? What can they do? Give them the strategies and the tools that they need in order to uh, go about these issues. And one of the ways that you can do that is asking how questions. Mm-hmm. So that would be one great way that you can start. You can say, how would you want to feel? So you can actually start with the end goal in mind. How do you want to feel? And then once they state that, then you can say, how do you think we can get there? Um, and they probably will need you to help brainstorm in the beginning if you see that they're really struggling, but also allow them room to come up with their own ideas. Yes, how questions are really important. And that also can work after the fact, after a mistake has been made. So let's say your kid didn't do their homework for a couple of days and then they got a zero uh, from the teacher on their homework grade. How, then you can ask them, instead of making excuses for them, um, you can ask them how that happened. How did they forget? Instead of uh, instead of doing so, their homework. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> instead of doing their homework for them, and then that gives them self responsibility. Exactly, and we learn a lot through natural consequences. Yes. So 
there so for example if your child does not do their homework just allow for the natural consequence to happen because that will very quickly teach them to get their homework done um, about a few months ago one of the clients I was working with he did not want to do his homework and gave mom a really difficult time not completing his homework and they ended up having battles every night and so I told her to let him go to school without having his homework completed and allow for the teacher to do what she needs to do and it took just that one time he went to school without his homework and he did not like the feeling of not having it with him that day yeah. so now he does his homework yeah so he probably got some <laughs> preferred activity taken away and he didn't want to deal with that exactly even. and he also didn't feel good about himself that his other friends did turn in their homework and he didn't so mm -hmm. there was like why didn't you do your homework so there was some you know social yes peer. exactly that's good yes um on that note also when you uh, don't provide all of the answers for your child uh my mom was telling me that when she was younger they that her mom took her to a doctor because she wasn't speaking uh so they thought that maybe she was delayed and then so she when she went to the doctor the doctor's like no this your child is fine what the problem is that you guys are answering all of the questions for her so she has no room to talk and so oh, yes wow. that is an extreme <laughs> of what could happen yes. but when you don't allow your child to have their own answers or you give them every single answer that they are asking for uh, then you're not allowing them to kind of become curious and explore and develop those skills on their own exactly wow I did not know that yeah um, another important thing that we want to talk about is avoid talking in dramatic terms Instead of saying, this is the end of the world, this is such a huge deal, mm -hmm. we have to be very careful with our own languaging because children will pick it up literally, even yes. if we mean it figuratively. So be very careful with the words that you use around your child. Um, for example, if your child leaves their bike out and it, it rains and then it gets rusty, instead of making it a big deal, because it's definitely like no one got hurt, yeah. uh, it could be annoying and you might have to get a new bike and everything, but you can talk about it in ways that are not so dramatic because um, I know children are very sensitive to really dramatic language. Yes. And sometimes they'll think something that's a level four is a level 25. Yes. And so we have to be very, very careful of the words that we use. And even in our own lives, when we're talking to our kids, that's, that are things that are happening to us, we, but we just want to use kind of more friendlier language so that it's not so catastrophic. That is true. I actually have... A friend who he speaks in very dramatic terms uh -huh. and so I think you know who I'm talking about so. <laughs> and so sometimes when he does talk in really big words I just have to diffuse it so if it's reversed if your child's talking in really big dramatic terms like this is going to be the worst day ever this is horrible um, you can just say something like well I have a different idea so that you're not challenging you're just presenting a different idea and then you can state what your belief is um, so if it's the opposite if you're not using dramatic language but your child is make sure that you can gently correct it yes. by just asking questions instead of being punitive because children who tend to use really dramatic language tend to be more sensitive to punitive language yes and also you can uh, help your kid gain perspective so if they're really upset that they missed recess or they had, they couldn't go to their basketball game one week because they were sick or whatever it may be, you can also just let them gain, kind of give them perspective on the issue so that they don't realize, so they can kind of realize that these things aren't that big of a deal. And exactly. That, and then that goes back to when we say, is this a little deal or a big, big deal? deal. Yes. Exactly. And sometimes things might be a medium-sized deal. Um, but remember, the big deals are when your body is hurt 
like if somebody hurts your body or your feelings or if you do that to somebody else but if it's something that's fixable then it's a small deal exactly uh one thing that also is very important to kind of let your kids be more independent and to be more resilient is to teach them concrete skills uh meaning like in what what's your emergency plan for your family you have to teach your kids maybe what they would do in an emergency like if there's a fire or an earthquake yes because our kids aren't with us at all times and so it is important to make Mm -hmm. sure that they know what to do who to go to and what phone numbers are important and things of that nature exactly so that would be something i would say would be good to review a few times a year not just once yes and really make sure that they and if the plan changes Make sure that your child knows the new change of plans. Yes. Maybe have it somewhere posted uh, in the house or in the refrigerator, something like that. Like important numbers, important people, and just kind of remind of remind them who they can speak to. Exactly. And I like that idea. Make sure that you put it in more than one location just in case if something happens to like your one copy that they're able to access it in different rooms or different places, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's a good idea. Good. Um, and then... A couple more things that we want to say is let your kids make mistakes. So it is okay if if they don't do well on a, on a test. Let them make mistakes so that they know that next time they need to study harder or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Or ask for help or get a tutor. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then also what we want to do, which kind of goes with uh, not speaking in dramatic terms, is to help manage emotions. Yes. Because if you don't help manage your child's emotions, if they're dysregulated, um, then that's when you will see more behavioral issues will pop up when they're not regulated. And that means that we have to make sure that we ourselves are regulated. Mm -hmm. Lead by example. Exactly. Lead by example. So uh, I know Morgan and I talk about this all the time. So make sure that you're eating properly, making making sure you're sleeping properly, and making sure you're moving properly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because that will all help your stress level and your mental state. And also just have a really good group of support from friends and family. Yes. I know who they can talk to and talk to. And last but not least, what we kind of always say at the end is we want to model the appropriate behavior. So you want to, when something happens to you, you get a flat tire on, and when you're driving home, instead of, you know, you can see how, show your child how you can bounce back easily from things. Exactly, that's true, because children will follow what you do more than what you say. Yes. And if there's a discrepancy between what you say and your behavior, they definitely pick up on it. Yeah. So make sure that <laughs> so make sure your words are matching your behavior. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for checking us out and please follow us on Facebook um, or you can go on happyhousefamilies at gmail.com and uh, write us any notes or any suggestions that you have. That's right. Or any questions and we'll be happy to create a podcast around that. Yes. So we will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To contact Sandy and Morgan, check out happyhousefamilies.com or email at happyhousefamilies at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out their Facebook page to join the community. If you like the podcast, be sure to rate us. It helps the show be discovered more easily and help more people.